Welcome to NPR. Major Disney will arrest you. Purely, purely this is 20, 20 verses or whatever. I was gonna say it's like that's like chapter a, one. A Christian filter plugin. Mike is. You won't get arrested. All right, kick it. Hi, welcome to Root Passers. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about who is really blessed. Me. I'm Pastor Pete. <laughs> I'm Brendan. Pastor Chopper. Pastor John. And we are here. This is a companion uh, podcast to our Sunday preaching schedule for Rise Community Church. And we welcome you guys to uh, come and join us or listen online. We're available on iTunes and all that fun stuff. Yep. Um, we are, uh, this week, we're going to talk about the Beatitudes. And uh, I want to kind of do a little introduction and then uh, get your feedback. Um, you know, we've always heard the Beatitudes taught, you know, almost 40 years as a Christian, as a list of to-do. These are the things you're supposed to do. Or this is the way we're blessed. Or the five steps to being blessed. You know, mm-hmm. all those lovely messages that really are, mm-hmm. you know, the, the reality is, is that the kingdom of God isn't a bunch of steps. You know, it's a lifetime of following Christ. Yeah. But, but we love to boil things down in our culture to the best, the top three, top five, or the f- five ways to get rich quick, all that fun stuff. So a lot of times our approach to the Beatitudes is do these things and God will bless you. Now, uh, in Sky's book, and actually many uh, 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 theologians that I've read, do not view that list as a list of things to do mm-hmm. to be blessed. Uh, one of the ideas that I want to talk about is the difference in the Word of God between prescription and description. Uh, what we find... Uh, in our interpretation of the word of God is that we, we have a tendency to make a prescription, just like a doctor writing a prescription when we read a verse and we assume it's for everyone. When, when, when the Bible isn't making that point, for example, when Peter is called by Jesus and he leaves his, his job and his, all his stuff to come and follow him. uh, A lot of times people have preached as if that's the prescription. All of us are supposed to quit our jobs and go and do this and follow God. Mm. But it's not because it's a, it was a prescription for Peter, but really it's a description for us as to um, the way that Peter was called by God to ministry. Now, before you get, um, you know, before anyone says, well, how do we know? Well, uh, well the reality is, is that we, the word of God tells us when it's prescriptive and tells us, and doesn't tell us when when it's not prescriptive. I mean, it tells us, for example, uh, when Jesus says, "Love your neighbor," uh, and this is how we should live, and these are this is the greatest commandment. That is a prescription. That is for all people. But we know that not everyone functioned like Peter. Not everyone had the same calling as Peter. Um, you, the other disciples were called differently. And some Jesus told them to go home, uh, to the, to the man who was possessed, um, uh, and, and he exercised the demon. He wanted to follow Jesus and Jesus told him, no, stay home. 
and be a witness to me here in this community. So uh, we have to be conscious when we read the word of God that uh, the difference between what is prescribed to all believers and what's a description of a situation or to a specific person. Uh, I want to stop. Let's just, let's talk a little bit about that first before we get into the Beatitudes. What do you guys think about that? Um, well, I think for me, I think, I mean, that was like my first question is like, how do you actually, how can you determine, how do you know when you're reading the Bible when it's prescription and when it's description? Like it, look at the, the Beatitudes, for example. I mean, there's a reason why a lot of people and even like really smart people and teachers taught have taught this the wrong way because it was there and they interpreted it as, oh, this must be a prescription on how to be a Christian and whatever. So how do we, how do we know? How do we not fall into that um, well, I think like, trap, I guess? A, I think first it's a careful reading of the word of God, uh, a contextual reading of the word of God. Uh, mm. You know, w- we know, uh, we've been believers a long time that, whoa, people take Bible verses way out of context. You know, people will say, I could do all things through Christ, who, through Christ who gives me strength. But the context of that is doing the things that God calls us to do. So I can do all things. I cannot fly. I cannot jump off a roof and survive. I can't do any of those things. So obviously I have to read it contextually. What, what exactly is being stated that we can do? Well, we can do the things that God calls us to, the ministry, the calling, the the behavior, the life. That is what that verse is talking about. When we feel that we can't, uh, you know, that, you know, basically Jesus is, you know, is saying that those words are saying that we can't overcome the sins in our life, that we can overcome the adversities in our life, that we can actually uh, walk with God and, uh, and abide with God. Uh, but yet people will take that verse and will make it, I could do all things. So my dream of becoming this, I can do it because God gives me strength or I can become rich because God, I can mm-hmm. do all things. And it's like, well, that verse isn't saying that. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I think that a careful reading of the word of God um, is, is the most important thing. Um, it's just easier to make a list of to do's and make it, makes sense and say like, Oh, if I just do all these things, then I'll get what I want type of thing. So I guess for me, I, I definitely relate to that because that's, I mean, I've shared that before. Like that's my temptation is to try to make formulas out of everything to get what I want. So in some day, sometimes that works, you know, with your job, it might work. You create a process and you achieve a goal and that works for certain things. But with God, it's like, um, it's like he, it intentionally intentionally d- makes it the opposite. Like God does not want us to figure it out, like make a formula out of our relationship with him. Absolutely. Because uh, that makes it disingenuine, I guess. You know, I, makes Yeah, it- I, you're exactly right. And I think that because what we're really trying to do is avoid trouble. So the, if we put together this yeah. formula, we'll either get something or we won't have to go through something. Yeah, it's a form you of know? control too. Right, like, right? so we're that... To- so that you know, but of course, Jesus said, "In this world, there will be trouble." So, no matter what blessing you receive, or even if you could work out a formula for, and and in a in a sense, we, in a sense, you know, depending how you look at blessing or avoiding trouble, uh, in in one way of looking, the Bible is kind of a 
a formula for living. So if we did it perfect in one way, we would certainly be better off than if we failed miserably. Right. So we're, and we're all somewhere in the middle or or something, not to, but it's never to quantify it. Right. It's never a guarantee. Yes. And that's the key, right? Mm. Of course. Because Mm. if not, it's kind of spiritual manipulation. Right. It's, you know, in a sense of like trying to control dad. Yeah. It's like I can, and and I always go back to the prodigal son story that that's the issue with the son that stayed home. It's like, I've done all these things with the expectation that I can control you dad and that I would get your stuff. Isn't that more like witchcraft at that point <laughs> well <laughs> like i think control I, like getting there and, I, and honestly like I, it is I, religiosity it, right. listen witchcraft is just a form of religiosity it's just uh you know in the sense of like they just think that they're controlling other spirits so yeah right. it's, it's religiosity trying to control god right trying point. to control god you know if i do this or do that or if i if i do enough hail marys or if i you know do penance or that's where all those ideas come from that really plague our walk with God, because it is, it is, it, it is us, it is us really fighting for control. Mm. I think if we, I like using the apostle Paul, the correlation there, generally speaking, we won't be able to live a Christian life as well as the apostle Paul, right? Just generally right. speaking yet he, when he lists all the suffering that he went through and did, we, we, there we have it right there, right? Paul, by all accounts, was an amazing Christian, yet had all that suffering too. So we know right mm-hmm. there when we look at the Apostle Paul's life, we're not going to be able to avoid something or, um, mm-hmm. you know, not uh, not go through suffering. You know, yet in in all of that, he seemingly had the most joy and the most peace. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, his relationship with the Lord was the you know was the formula if you will for for joy and peace so that past the suffering past all the pain mm. maybe it didn't it didn't affect him the way it would uh us if when we're we're not really connected to the lord because it it's it's worse or we have a different mindset or um we're we're struggling more with believing or or in our relationship amen amen well I think that this is a uh, a struggle that I've seen in the faith over over my years as a believer is, uh, and it really is a, 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 in some ways the root of our of our bad theology, our bad thinking about God, which is um, that again here we go into the pattern of we got to do so that we can be blessed. We got to do in order to be okay with God. We've got to do. And not that, you know, the book of James, of course, faith without works is dead, but it's a product, right? It it flows out of faith, not uh you know, it's a res- it's a result of faith, not a uh a, a a way to to gain somehow heaven, which we know theologically we say it, you know, it's a free gift, but we don't live that way. You know, that's a big struggle that, that, that I find talking with a lot of uh, younger Christians too. Like, I mean, age-wise, like, you know, and there is, is the feeling that they're somehow failing so miserably that they're out of the grace of God, you know? And even though, and it, it is, is about um, sin management. Like we, you talked about a couple weeks ago in the message, it's about uh, just seeing our relationship as, as a list of things that we do or we don't. Mm-hmm. And that is not 
I mean, it's clearly not biblical, you know, to, to piggyback on Pastor John. You can't tell me that the suffering is not part of, of Christianity and, and not getting your way is not part of Christianity because every example we have in scripture uh, of people that were quote unquote doing it right, you know, uh, still suffer and still experience uh, trauma and still experience horrible situations, but it's more of a shift in the way that they see the world, right? So it's it's a worldview. It's a spiritual worldview that's different. Mm-hmm. Um and that brings me to, well, if this isn't a, a list of things that we do to get blessed, what was Jesus doing? Uh, so let's read it quickly. It's a couple verses, the Beatitudes. God blesses those who are poor and realizes their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. So a normal sermon that we would hear is God wants us to, in order for us to be blessed, we have to uh, be poor in spirit. In order for us to be blessed, we have to uh, mourn, right? We have to be mourners. If God, you know, uh, we have to be humble. We have to be uh, hungry for justice and peace. Uh, but what other, you know, what, what, what Sky Jatani in his book talks about and what many other uh, theologians, students of the Bible have seen is that this is Jesus once again showing that the kingdom of God is the opposite of what the world expects and that these are the people we actually meet in the kingdom of God. In other words, this is descriptive. These are the kinds of people that are part of the kingdom of God. They are the humble. They are the peacemakers. They are the, so, so basically Jesus is taking a moment to and speaking to this crowd and saying, you think that the people who are blessed are the rich, those who have great success, those who have uh, great power, those that have, but in the kingdom of God, those that you think are not blessed are, are the ones that are truly blessed. So he's really giving us a description of the kingdom of God. Not that all of us will meet all these things but that these are the kind of people we'll meet. So we'll have people that are hungry for justice. We have people that are humble. We have people that are, you know, peacemakers. We have people that are, 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 are poor in spirit. We have people that uh, are being persecuted for the kingdom of God. These are the people, but not, it's not that we have to punch a list and say, oh, we got to work on all these things. Now, other verses in the word of God, point us to these as in some ways spiritual fruit. So these are things that are are, are part of our of the the fruit that the, the that the spirit produces in us. But basically 
if, if it's just prescriptive, then everyone in the kingdom has to be unhappy or mourning. Everyone in the kingdom has to be all these things. And, and, and that's not the case. Right. It's, it goes back to like the context and, and also realizing who Jesus is speaking to. Because, you know, it's safe to say that even like the whole Sermon on the Mount is pretty much Jesus describing the kingdom of God. Yes. Really. So he starts this description of what the kingdom of God looks like with this. Right. And it makes you wonder, you know, you think about like, who was he talking to? Like, who, what did the crowd look like that he was talking to? Um, you know, and to be able to relate to them and be able to show them like, yeah, you, you're suffering right now. The, that's who will be blessed in the kingdom of God. You know, it's giving hope to the people that were in front of him at the very moment. And so I think that's an interesting, for me, I, I like, it's interesting to, and I think it's important to look at like who was the author, who was the person speaking, talking to in the moment, like you right. said about context. I think it helps us understand even better about how to take it. There's another, there's another angle too, that if you look at the ultimate fulfilling of all these verses um, in, in, in heaven, especially that every Christian will receive the ultimate fulfilling of, of these verses. Uh, for example, um, Verse 2 says, blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. Now, as, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you know, we're st- we know we're still going to go through rough times on earth, right? People die, or we go through tough times, and, and we mourn. Right, and, and it's also you're mourning for others, not just you're just yeah. running around sad all the time. We, and we get yourself. some comfort from the Lord, right? But we're going to go through Ultimate another right. hard time again, right? So we don't, we have not, we do not receive the ultimate form of comfort on earth, although we are comforted. But uh, when we get to heaven, there is no more, you know, Bible says there is no more tears. There is no more pain. So, so pain and mourning is eradicated and you've now inherited and are living the ultimate form of comfort. You're in the presence of Jesus Christ in heaven. And you can apply that to every single beatitude. Mm. There's a, there's a partial fulfilling on earth. And there's an ultimate fulfilling of them in heaven. Uh, some of these really aren't, they're in no way, shape, or form are fulfilled on earth. Like we're inherited the earth. Hasn't happened. Right. Has it, has it happened. Yeah. But there's an ultimate fulfilling. That's, that's the whole like now and not yet thing. Yes. The tension right. of living in this space in between the yeah. fulfillment of and, and so you can, everything. And you can even, uh, you can apply that to your day, daily living to say, you know, Lord, I, I'm, you're with me. I have, I have, I'm going through a rough time. I, I, I have some comfort, you know, but, I, but I still have scars mm-hmm. and some wounds are just not fully healed right. this side of eternity. But I'm looking forward to that there's, day there's where you, you will heal us and you will, you will, you know, put that salve of your presence and your joy when I'm with you and, and all wounds will be yeah, healed yeah. and treated. And I, I look forward to that. Right. It gives me when res- the redemption is complete and complete yes. restoration. And to go off what you were saying, you know, who's, who's Jesus' audience here? Uh, I mean, Jesus is going to begin a, 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 a breakdown of truth mm. to a crowd of people that includes everybody. Yeah. Pharisees. And, 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 and he's basically going to, you know, challenge their entire worldview. Mm. Their religious worldview 
their daily worldview, because basically, like I said, he is saying these people that you don't consider much in this world. Yeah. These people that you think are actually rejected by God because they're not getting the quote unquote blessings that you think are the blessings of life. So, you know, it's kind of, so, you know, with that in mind, it's like, how do we receive this? So, so when we preach it on Sunday and, and we're, we're talking to the, about the Beatitudes to, to our congregation, to, 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 the, to those that are part of our body of Christ, uh, it, 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 it's like, cause the mindset is still there, right? Okay. The mindset is still there that, uh, that the blessings of life are no problems, wealth, no sorrow, uh, mm. uh, no trouble of any kind. And, and, and really Christians in the 40 years of ministry I've done, people have a hard time wrapping their minds around trouble. Yeah. Have, have a rough time w- with loss uh, to the point that, you know, death, you know, we fear death at, you know, I, I, I ask, I wonder if Christians fear death equally to other people, because even that, should be different for us, right? Mm. I mean, uh, all that. Should, so, so this is such a shift in the worldview. My fear, and I'll tell you honestly, my fear as someone who's been preaching the word for all these years is that people go, yeah, 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 I need to do these things. No, you're missing the point. Mm. Your worldview is wrong. Your worldview has to be changed. Mm. The, the things that you're va- va- giving value to and assuming that, that that is God's blessings are not. Hmm. And the people that are being blessed by God are the ones that you would see in the margins that you would think are weak, that you think are have no power in our society. Hmm. Uh, they're the ones that God is saying, they're the blessed ones. They are, the, they are part of the kingdom of God. Right. And, 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 and ultimately, we want to be a part of the kingdom of God, right? We want to be a part of that kingdom. So, I mean, my biggest fear is reading, is reading this and teaching this and nobody gets it. That it's, oh, I need to be more humble. Oh, I, no, no. We need to completely change our worldview. Jesus is rocking our worldview right now. He's telling us again that the last shall be first. Mm-hmm. He's telling us again that the servant, you know, to be a, a true master is to be a true servant. He's telling us again that the wisdom of heaven is not the wisdom of earth. He's telling us again that mm-hmm. the things that we're desiring and seeking after are not his righteousness and his kingdom. You know, so to me, this is, this is a, an immediate challenge to that group of people saying, listen, all the, all the things that you think are blessings from God, all, all the people that you consider to be the lucky ones mm. are not. Right. It, it kind of... Um, brings me to like the misconception, at least I had a misconception when I first became a Christian that I need to start serving in church right away, you mm-hmm. know, which, yeah, we're, some of us are called to serve in a church. Others are called to serve on the street. Yeah, People are called, called to serve, serve right? everywhere. We're called to serve, but like I had the misconception that I got, oh, I need to go to a church. I need to be at the church and I need to serve at the church opposed to thinking well, I can serve my community by being you know who jesus a is good telling us to be right you know right, right. and i don't know if that's the same with you guys if, if that's how it was with you when you first became a christian or not when you first got saved if i got 
I'm glad that I'm that I've served and I've grown in the Lord that way. Um, because it helped me know what my calling was. But I think when we even as as leaders, sometimes we'll try to I don't want to say force people to be, you know, serving at our church because obviously we need help. But let, let's help the people who want to be the ones who are who are actually the ones who are called to serve at our church, not the ones who we think, oh, you're a person, and <laughs> you got a heartbeat. You're yeah, <laughs> we need you, so come. You know, where they could be way more effective somewhere else. You know, and, and I, I I went through a real spiritual crisis along that way. But what you're talking about, Chop, is believe it or not. All, you know, I was outside of the quote unquote ministry. I was, I've been doing ministry for year, for four, almost 40 years, but I wasn't a, a full-time minister. I'm, I'm showing quote marks here, you know, in quote quotations. Uh, and when I, you know, about that's, that was only about halfway through my, through my walk. So I've served in church, but the crisis of faith that I had was the disconnection that I felt with the community uh, I had been, I've always been working in jobs that I was able to, uh, you know, foster relationships and develop real friendships with people who didn't know the Lord and, and be able to love them and, 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 and in some ways be a light and salt. Right. Um, and when I got to church, I felt that that was kind of taken away from me uh, and that I felt like I was shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, people come to church to hear about God. Yeah. And same with me, I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> working in a dive right. ministry, I've talked to so many people who are not Christians and I've had great conversations with them, mm-hmm. you know, who almost, I don't want to bash other people, but almost like they, they listen and try to understand more than some of the people who come to church, you know, because yeah. they, they see that I'm being honest. I'm just like, look, I'm not here to, to condone you or to, you know, tell you you're living in sin, you know, for what you're doing. But I'm, I'm going to tell you what, what, what my belief is and this is why I believe it. And yeah, you, you, you're living differently than I live, but I still am here to support you and I still love you. And, you know, I'm still here to be friends. I'm not going to disown you just for the fact that you live differently than I do. Because who knows? Me having that relationship with them could actually ultimately change them and, yeah, you could be an instrument for God in yeah. that situation. And I've had great conversations with people and, that and, way. And to me, that that you know, the, you know, I've been wrapping my head around so many issues in the last couple of weeks, uh, listening to a lot of different podcasts. So I got a lot of thoughts and feelings, and I don't want to get too far from. Yeah, I know. I'm from sorry. The, from the beat. No, no, it's fine. This is what we're doing. This is what we talk. But, but. Uh, you know, the way that we do church specific, it's, there's a lot of cultural stuff. There's a lot of, you know, and, and, and we as a church, as, 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 as believers trying to follow Jesus, we're trying to keep it as pure as we can. Um, and I think that, uh, it's not easy, right? I mean, there's so many things to get in the way, so many expectations of the church and how it's supposed to be and uh, how it's supposed to function and you got to do a couple songs before and then you got to preach and then we have a closing song and we say goodbye and that those are all kind of traditions and things that we've grown into that we can kind of uh, weave and, and really seeking God to Lord how how best do I live my my life for you and uh, and I don't think it's just hiding out in a church no it's not on a Sunday morning I think that that's a part of it uh, and yeah. it says not hiding out, but being a mm. part of the community. Right. Cause you gotta be part of some right, kind of community. Yeah. But, 
But I think that, like I said, when, when, when I read this, the challenge that I have is, Lord, I know I need to challenge the way I just generally think about the world mm. and think about people. Right. So I can meet someone and think that they're far from the kingdom of God when they're not. My assumption is because I can easily say, well, you're not, you're not blessed this way or you're not blessed this way. You're not blessed this way. So you must have done something, you know? And again, that's just our human thinking to, you know, uh, when, when Jesus is saying, look, this is what makes up the kingdom of God. And I think it's, it's, it's just sincere and, 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 and these are the types of people. And the truth is when I thought of, when I, when I started looking at it that way, I started saying, yeah. That's how I recognize the kingdom of God. When I, mm. when, I, when I do encounter someone who has that kind of humility, when I do encounter someone who, 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 who desires justice and, is, and justice is important to them, it's when I do encounter someone who, who uh, is struggling and suffering but still is a person of faith, still has faith in God and, and how they manage. I think it's so much more powerful to look at someone's life and how they manage a tribulation and, a, and trouble than to see someone, um, what I would call, uh, you know, uh, the Facebook life that we love to promote that doesn't really exist. Yeah. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to, and with that, think about it. Uh, I want to read this. This is really interesting. If you want to be happy, stay off social media. That's what you're going to talk about at the very beginning of the Number book. One. <laughs> Number one. That's where you're going. A recent Number study one. from the University of California found that the more you use Facebook over time, the more likely you are to experience negative physical health, negative mental health, and negative life satisfaction. Uh, psychologist uh, Gene Twang says it's especially harmful to young people who look at the so-called highlight reels people post on social media and compare themselves as they may feel depressed or negative emotions as a result. Uh, you know, I felt this. I don't know about you, but... Uh, I'll be honest that as I, you know, sometimes I get on there, I'm like, man, that person's killing it. Yeah. You can do as many do-overs as you want on Facebook. Right. Oh no. I just Mm. say that person's killing it. They just, they got a new car. They, they got a new house. They got a, they got, you know, it looks like the the, the happy family. And, 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 and then you, it's, it's amazing how you're seeing the success of someone else and it makes you feel bad. Right. You know, mm-hmm. let's be, can we be yeah. honest? It, comparison. You know, we're like, so you know, and that is, you know, so I, I have, I've really, uh, gone off of it. I've gone off of Facebook and, uh, you well, know. what I love too is like this whole thing, the Beatitudes, um, a lot of them are what we would consider weakness, you know? So it's, it's interesting. And I had a note in here. I don't know if it was something, but it's like the, the weaker you are, the more you have to gain from the kingdom of God. And what God, like you said, he's doing, he's like, he's flipping things upside down and changing our perspective on what you think is weak, isn't really weak. So whether you're the one who feels weak, it should give you hope. Or if you're the one thinking, oh, that person's weak, it should change our perspective on how to, how we treat that person. Right. Because we think, oh, they're so meek. So that's such a weakness when he's saying that, no, it's, it's not. So it's that that challenge of looking at weakness as strength, not real. Yeah, I'm going to give you this example, uh, and it's not it's not it's not a, a, a boast, but how ridiculous it sounds. That I sat in a in a, in a meeting with pastors hmm. and church leaders, and the comment that they made was, "You just you just 
you just love people too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, because as opposed to not loving you, them enough, you care too much. In other words, they were saying I needed to tone down my empathy, my mourning for other people, uh, because it was, it was getting in the way of accomplishing the things of the, the church. How? Because <laughs> of time, because of effort. Oh, because it takes too much time to care it's for people. It's too much time to counsel people. <laughs> right. Uh, and it does too. And I'm yeah, not saying yeah. that to say, like, look at how awesome I am. I'm no, just I saying know. it was just, when I heard it at the table, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Am I hearing this? Yeah. But, but, but there is that sense in the church that, especially the leadership of the church, we're supposed to be powerful and lead with yeah. power and... And and meanwhile, Jesus led in meekness. Right. And Paul said this, my weakness is my strength. Right. His weakness, not that in his weakness he was made strong, but that the weakness itself was his strength. Right. The fact that he gave power away, the fact that he humbled himself, that he didn't say, hey, listen, I know more than you guys, or... I have more training or, uh, Hey, listen, I'm a scholar or look at me. Cause he, uh, he said it as an example, you know, if you're going to say the law, I was, I was the best at it, but it means nothing. He says, like we talked about it last time, it's just filthy rags. It's used toilet paper, you know, <laughs> to, to encourage everyone to uh, all the listeners that no matter where you are in your walk with the Lord or where you, you feel you're at today, uh, you can look at all of those beatitudes as rewards in, in, in heaven. Mm. Right. right. Today too, of course, because you have a relationship with the Lord, but you, every, every Christian will receive all of those in their, in their ultimate fulfillment. So you, in one manner of speaking, you already, you already have that. You know, you, you, you have those things. Um, so, you know, and so some of them, when, when, you know, uh, faith is a hope for things unseen, but when you've, when you're, when you're there, when you're, when you've received that, uh, you don't need faith and hope anymore. And so all, all of those are, are, are essentially gifts too from, from the Lord. So you, you, you have those. So way to, it's a way to, to look at that. Amen. Not. I'll never have that. I'll never achieve that. Or I don't have any peace or I don't, well, I don't have any hope. Um, no, you do. Yeah. You, you truly well, it's do. It's experiencing the kingdom of heaven now. now. And that's yes. where like, even in one of the sections, he talks yeah, we're about talk, the kingdom of God. Yeah. We're going to talk about that next time. Next time yeah. we're going to go. Okay, yeah, we're, cool. We're gonna, I was like, that's about a whole king- other conversation. Yeah. Cause that's a big one. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God and what, what, okay, what, good. what Jesus actually was saying when he said the kingdom of God, because there's a yeah. certain, uh, Greek word that he's using yeah. for that. For I think that it's comment. important too because I think it's something that's not talked about enough in the church, the kingdom of God in general, like teaching it, like what is what is it? Cause, and it's mentioned so much, like it obviously is important, but how little it's in general kind of talked about in the at least American church. It's yeah. interesting. You know, I think that again, as it, these are the people that I've encountered in the kingdom mm. of God. Yeah. I, I, I've seen really beautifully humble people that have a reason to not be humble. I, 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 you know, and, and people who have, who, you know, I've seen this in action. 
Yeah. You encounter people, but, but rarely does one person in, encompass all, all these things, you know? Uh, and that's, and, and that, I think that that's important because yeah, God is the, the upside down. Mm. I want to, I, I want to kind of, as we're wrapping up, I want to, uh, I want to quote, uh, from the book again, a quote from a quote, uh, a Stanley, uh, Hurwitz and he, and, um, basically this is the, before he starts, he says, well, the world says that the strong and the powerful are happy. They're all well off. Jesus turns our expectations upside down by saying it's the weak. It's the sad. It's the overlooked who are well off in God's kingdom. And then the quote is, too often these characteristics of the Beatitudes are turned into ideals we must strive to attain. As ideals, they can become formulas for power rather than descriptions of the kind of people's characteristics of the new age brought by Christ. Thus, Jesus does not tell us that we should try to become poor in spirit or meek or peacemakers. He simply says that many of us who are called into this kingdom will find themselves so constituted. Hmm. These are the people that God calls into his kingdom. You know, the, the, again, these are the people that we see. Uh, these are identity markers of the kingdom of God. Fruit. Yeah. It's fruit. Yeah. The life surrendered to right. the Lord. And, and, yeah. and isn't that, you know, to not complicate it, but isn't that the reality that we've experienced as believers? Yeah. We've seen multitudes in churches, but we've encountered this in individuals. And, and, and we know because of the fruit, we see those moments of, of, of their heart. And we say, wow, that's, that's real. That's, that's Jesus in them. Mm -hmm. That is the kingdom of God at work. Um, and that again, he's just, to me, he's just getting them ready because he's going to really challenge them throughout the Sermon on the Mount to say, you, you, you're thinking this, you've heard it said. Mm -hmm. Now let me tell you what God really is saying. And it's not what you think. So you've been working under this false idea of what the kingdom of God is and what following God is and what being a follower of Christ and what being righteous is. Now I'm going to say, you guys got it mixed up and I'm, and I'm going to tell you mm -hmm. it's what, actually, what, what really are the expectations turn things upside of God. down a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> and, 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 and again, the original question we asked was Jesus serious. Was he serious when he told us to live in a certain manner amongst the world. Yeah, he was serious. Mm. So, you know, let's hear some final thoughts. And then, uh, I like the, you know, anyway, I'm sure we've all experienced it. When you've give from the heart, you know that you're more blessed to give than receive. So there, a lot of the, there's, there's more to it than what's on the surface, right? Because yes, we all like to get gifts and, and you know, and have people love on us, and of and of course, and that's wonderful, and 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 we need that, you know. Um, but but it is, uh, you 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 definitely feel more blessed to give something away from the heart than it is to receive something, because receiving can, when you're looking at it, sometimes it can it can be empty. If you think that's what was going to fulfill you and received something, and then you're like, oh, it didn't. It's it's empty. But when you give from the heart, it's never empty. Yeah, you've got that joy. You, you've got that joy and that peace, and you and you and you know that 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 you help that person a little bit, and you know you're like, wow, you know, God, God is right. It's right. He's right. You know, it, it is opposite from the world. 
you are more blessed mm-hmm. in that that you're um and it, it just leads to you want to bless people more you want to you want to give more i mean that's 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 how it works um you're you're the one that's filled when you when you do that and i and i think that applies to to all of those too as we as we um, walk with the lord and and you know try to mm-hmm. bear that fruit for him Amen. yeah i think it gives it gives me hope because there. I think we've all there, there's a point in our lives where everybody experiences a moment of one of these things, feeling either meek or more going through mourning or needing justice or you know those type of things. So whether you feel it right now or you feel like you know oh, I'm actually doing pretty good, I don't feel like I'm on that side of it. We've I think there. We we all go through it, so the, the, it's more more times than not that we're going through these type of things that we're feeling weak throughout your life, throughout your lifetime. You know, there's going to be moments in your life, and more maybe some people might be more than others, but of just total weakness. And that's I think that's where the hope is. You know, where like it gives you hope that I don't like for me I don't have to perfect i don't have to live up to something and prove something that even in my weakness i'm like i have so much to gain in the kingdom of of god so it's not like you don't have to go out looking for weakness we don't have to i don't have to go out looking to be sorrow sorrow, yeah and mourning and like it it just comes it comes with the world and it comes with your life so just to know that like i'm not a failure when that happens because I think a lot of times you, we you get that expectation like, oh, if this bad thing happened, then I'm not blessed and I'm a failure. I did something wrong. Well, I think you get really down on yourself. Yeah. And I do that. Bad. Like you you beat yourself up and you just, you know, you feel like a failure. You failed God. You failed your family. You failed yourself, whatever it might be. So to me, this is a good reminder that in those moments, this is what I should remember. That the kingdom of God is for me as much as me in that moment as it is when I'm not in that moment. And when I do feel more, uh, you know, not weak or whatever more powerful or more stable or whatever it might be but yeah so that's kind of how it gives me a lot of hope yeah 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 <laughs> same thing ditto um, that, was but, that, was deep. that was deep yeah i know no um i agree with you brennan but what i i'm just waiting for the light bulb to go off you know with with when we start when people start really listening to what it really means to be these things and like I, I think what like what we said today, everybody thinks, oh, we need to check the mark, you know, mark the check off. Where this is, you know, we can just do one of the, you know, if 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 this is where I am, this is where I am, and and when that light bulb goes off, I think it just it will make someone this their uh, their faith in Christ will just mm-hmm. become even more. Well, it you sets know, you free. Sense. Like for yeah, me, like right. it's it sets you free from performing, and it's like I don't have to try so hard. No, I think that's you the know? thing, like, and especially like, with the whole Facebook thing. It's like we're we're pretending yeah. like we do this and pretending like we're we're right. We're, it, we're, it doesn't we're, really we're happen pretending. unless we advertise it. Exactly. You know. Mm. So 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 if I'm, uh, I'm if I'm going to go love on children somewhere in some country, if I don't post it, it doesn't really mean anything. Right. Like it's yeah. yeah. It's interesting because practicing, like I I right? took off. I, I got off social media for Lent, so it's been over a month. I haven't been on social media, and it's really freeing 
Because you don't realize, like for me, I didn't realize how much I, I compare myself. I see what people are posting. And I'm like, oh yeah. my God, they're much, so much better father than me because they're doing this with their kids and they traveling and this and that. And I wish I could do that. And and it's just a, a spiral down of like just feeling horrible. <laughs> I'm a horrible person. <laughs> so being off of it for a while has really shown me how freeing. It's like, wow, I can just, I'm going to practice just doing something and not having to post it. You know, like I'll work in my yard and make it look beautiful. And, oh, I want to share this with everybody. But you know what? No, I'm just going to enjoy it for myself. And it's, it's, it's a trap. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Trap. Yeah. I did just paint my house and you have to come see it because it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know, and I think, you know, and this will be my last word on this is it's free. It's freeing when it's not prescriptive. What do I mean? Hmm. The word of God says that these things are produced as we put our faith in Christ and the Holy spirit produces fruit. It is not the other way around. Hmm. We got to produce fruit to get closer to God. It's, it's reverse. And I think all of us at some time or another in our lives have been in Hmm. the business of producing fruit because we think if I don't produce fruit, I'm really not. Something's wrong with me. Yeah. Um, So it, it is such a slippery slope. Because like this is freeing for me. Because otherwise, my normal eight eight type personality would say, "Oh, I'm not really, I'm not hitting the ten on this area, so I got to work on this. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta be more humble." <laughs> when when the word of God says that as we draw closer to Christ and we build our, you know, our roots go down, we build our foundation on Him that the Holy Spirit produces this. Mm-hmm. So we're not producing it. It's the work of God in us that is producing these characteristics and an increasing measure. Yeah. And just flip a switch. And- yeah. Right. So I'm a humble man. So that helps me <laughs> know how to achieve these things, which is, well, what God is calling me to is to a deeper relationship with him, mm-hmm. a more sincere relationship with with the holy spirit yeah and to be okay which isn't easy for me i think for any of us with not seeing not seeing uh what's the word i'm looking for not seeing some sort of production coming out of it you know like we want to see a you know one plus two equals you know three we want to see a plus b equals c we uh, and and a million verses we can go to where yeah. uh, you you might never see the the, the harvest. Well, we focus you know, you so might much ne- on but, the fruit, right? But it's like I heard someone say this, and it was like so such freeing. And I was like, I don't even know how I feel about this. But there are seasons where trees don't have any fruit, and is that okay? Like, is it okay to have seasons of no fruit? Because we focus so much on like, oh, you got to bear fruit, you got to have fruit in your life, you got to what's the fruit? What's the fruit? But I think that's such like an American type of mentality when it's like, no, you know, sometimes there's not, in nature, yeah. there's seasons where trees are dormant right. and they don't have fruit. Do not grow weary in doing good. That doesn't mean you fail. For in the right season, right. they shall become a, a harvest of righteousness. So that's hard. That's, th- that's like, what the verse is saying. Like but, but it recognizes <laughs> you're going to get tired because you might yeah. not see any fruit. Yeah. You know, there's no harvest, but there will be a harvest of righteousness. It, it might not be in your lifetime, mm. but at the end, when the when the kingdom when the, when 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 Christ is is revealed, and it, that's when we'll see all the fruit. Uh, we might see 
it's fruit. I've been blessed to see fruit, but it's, it's, and it, it's funny. God sometimes will show me that fruit when I'm really down and say these last 20 years, was it worth it? Did I, did I really produce anything Lord for you? Mm. Did I, was I just running in circles and running in place and God will say, here, I'll let you see a little bit. No, these people's lives were touched, you know, Mm. and, or these people came to know the Lord or, or people were, people saw God in, in what we as a, as a body was doing and their lives were changed for eternity as a result. Yeah. Or we helped people that were in need and we, we helped in their suffering. And even we can beat ourselves up too. I, I, you know, I, I know I do that, but you know, about the, the fruit and about the changes and the transformation that God's made in my life. But when I look back, I can, I can say, I'm not, I'm not where I used to be. Right. You know, I might, I might not be where I need to be or want to be, but we have a tendency to, and I have a tendency to, to beat myself up, but to, to look back and count the, the blessings and see God's faithfulness. And, and, and like you said, to see something and realize, yeah, wait, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, not, I'm at least, I'm not where I was on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the Lord has, has, has brought me forward. So a lot of times we, we might not, you know, today we might not see something, but we could look back or then five years from now, we could look back on today and say, yeah, you know what? The, the, the Lord was faithful. He brought me through that. He, transform me. I'm, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little further down the road on that or, or, uh, I, I can tell he's still changing me, but you know, it's just, sometimes it's hard in the moment yeah. and we beat ourselves up, but you know, count our blessings and look back and, yeah, and, and that, that'll help us. Yeah. Amen. That's important. Amen. For well sure. guys, this uh, brings us to our closing. We're trying to keep this within 45 uh, minutes. <laughs> we definitely <laughs> blew it on the first happen. one. We're not but, where we used to be. Yeah, we're not where we used <laughs> to be. <laughs> well, guys, we uh, hope that you were blessed with this uh, during this time. If you have any questions, uh, go ahead and, and uh, you know, you can find us through uh, uh, Facebook, which we just told you not to go on. And, uh, or, you know, so we do have an app, Rise app, that you can uh, communicate with us. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback and your questions and your comments. We'd love to be able to actually make that a part of the podcast where yeah. we, uh, you know, we'll bring up your questions and comments. So we invite you guys to do that. Uh, though for those of you who don't have a home church and are in the community of uh, Davie, Florida, uh, mm-hmm. we welcome you to our Sunday services at 1030. Come as you are. We'd love to have you. Um, yeah. and you can get all that information at our website and our app and the Facebook with that. I sign off. Love you guys. This mm-hmm. is pastor Pete. This is Brendan. Have a great week. Thanks. Copper. Bye. Bye. This is John. Thanks for listening to the rude pastors podcast, a ministry of rise community church. For more information, visit risecommunity.org. Or if you have questions and comments, email rudepastors at risecommunity.org.